Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. Uh, Saturday, May 18th, marked the two-year anniversary of the death of one of our generation's greatest singers, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, Audio Slave, and was one of the pioneers of the Seattle grunge scene in the early 90s. Um, uh, the reason why I'm talking to you now is I was flipping through Facebook and Twitter and I saw a post from Kyle Stevens, a friend of the show and frontman of the pioneers of nerd rock, Kirby Crackle, talking about it being the anniversary of Chris Cornell's death. He writes in this Facebook post, I think about him and how much I love his music every day. As a musician learns more, some songs become less magical and some tricks less mysterious in execution, but his will always be mysterious and tricky to me way past my pay grade. Uh, This was a hard one for a lot of Seattle natives and far beyond, but luckily we have his art forever. This is true. And he uh, uh, posted that with a link uh, to Rolling Stone's uh, Chris Cornell 15 Essential Songs, the singer's most memorable moments, Soundgarden's grunge classics, Audio Slaves hits, and his poetic solo material. And we'll go over all that and unpack some of that momentarily, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Reading what Kyle put up uh, inspired me to put up a post of my own and with a photo of the Chris Cornell statue that stands outside the Museum of Pop Culture culture or a, a mopop as it's known uh, and that's just a block away from my work here in downtown Seattle I've uh, uh, visited and checked it out a number of times uh, basically I I just posted that hey it's the anniversary of Chris Cornell's passing and asked what's your one favorite Chris Cornell song uh, but it was the the responses that I got to that uh, that inspired me to jump into the studio for this bonus episode today. Um, so coming up, I'm I'm going to share some of those messages and play samples of those songs. But first, I'd like to play an excerpt um, of the news story that ran on Como TV the day Chris Cornell died. Uh, this is Mike Zybert Radio. For fans, it was his voice, powerful, painful, Yet pure. Once you heard Chris's voice, there was just no turning back from that. I think he was a great singer and one of the best. Today, Chris Cornell's voice echoed on the radio, in record shops across Seattle. Such an imprint here on the Seattle music scene. His name etched on sidewalks in West Seattle, on cement walls in Belltown. Well wishes. Rest in peace. Rest in rock. He was the fabric of Seattle. His voice, to me, represents the Seattle sound more than any other voice. Cornell was born in Seattle in 1964. He went to high school in Shorewood before becoming an architect of grunge rock. He was really a fixture of the Seattle music scene. Um, you know, he was one of the, the first bands to, you know, to become huge, along with Alice in Chains and Nirvana. The frontman for rock bands Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and Temple of the Dog, Cornell not only steered the Seattle music scene, the city was often his subject. With this statue at Noah, the influence behind the name Soundgarden, and the Black Sun sculpture at Volunteer Park, the namesake to his hit song, Black Hole Sun. Cornell performed that song last night at a concert in Detroit. He died just hours later. A medical examiner ruled it a suicide by hanging. For old school Seattleites, this is a loss of their city. A longing, nostalgia 
for what their world had and now lacks. We're going to miss him. That story can be found in the archive at Comonews.com, and I'll have a link in the show notes. So when I made that post uh, that I mentioned earlier asking for your favorite Chris Cornell song, I told you I'd start. Uh, So my favorite Chris Cornell song is You Know My Name, uh, the theme song from uh, Casino Royale, the uh, the James Bond reboot. Um, As much as I liked Soundgarden and the grunge area, I... um, I I just absolutely loved Audio Slave and a lot of uh, Chris Cornell solo stuff. Like uh, like yeah, I I'm the one guy who even likes that weird experimental album he did with Timberland uh, back in the day. And uh, that song, uh, you know my name, really kind of feels like a culmination of uh, of that era. Um, that that song really helped solidified. Uh, the first Daniel Craig outing as 007 as, um, well, I guess I would call it my James Bond, uh, using uh, uh, air quotes, and not my dad's. You know, I I grew up watching James Bond movies uh, uh, with uh, with my dad. You know, he he was always a Roger Moore guy. I kind of gravitated towards Sean Connery, um, and we both agreed that that neither of us really uh, cared for Timothy Dalton. But anyway, um, uh, just with the the sensibilities uh, behind the uh, Daniel Craig version, it just. Um, it just felt like it was something that was made for me, and having that that Chris Cornell song front and center uh, uh, really kind of solidified that. And it it's a classic Bond theme, you know, uh, right up there along with uh, the other all time greats. Uh, but it also functions as a solid jam all on its own. <laughs> Storm arrives, would you 
by blaring through the theme to 2006's Casino Royale, Chris Cornell ushered in the gritty Daniel Craig era and became the first man to sing a James Bond theme in nearly 20 years. Uh, To put it in perspective, uh, the last one was Morton Harkett of AHA. (laughs) Um, uh, Cornell was a fan of both Bond and of Craig, uh, but also loved the parallels to Bond themes of yore. Uh, Quote, I'm a Paul McCartney fan, and I remember how he had written and sung the Bond theme, Live and Let Die. Cornell told uh, Songwriter Universe. Um, so it was uh, it was a thrill that I could do a Bond theme. We recorded it at a George Martin studio in England. It was the perfect place and experience to make a James Bond record. Again, that from Rolling Stone. And I'll read a few more of those write-ups uh, from the Chris Cornell 15 essential songs as we go. Uh, that song was also mentioned on Twitter a couple times, uh, one by uh, comics writer Eric Pilecki um, who said, you know my name was the perfect song to herald the reinvention of bond um as well as author gene lee saying chris cornell brought bond back with powerful style now as for your picks let's start with the mike seibert radio facebook page where jeremy writes so so many but this one has special meaning for me though now this next song actually was written to uh to be performed this way and it was never done because, like, once I started recording it, it seemed a little weird. Um, uh, Soundgarden had just ended. It was the first solo thing I did. I was like, okay, I'm just singing a song to a piano. So we didn't really do it that way. But this is the way that it was supposed to be done. What's a Cornell performed When I'm Down from his album Euphoria Morning at LA's historic Troubadour Club on January 29th 2010 and that's uh, uh, that's where that audio was taken from. Uh, Don Roberts from the Podskier podcast submitted two So promise. 
as hope and promise fade, uh, but also Slaves and Bulldozers, that classic from Soundgarden. Uh, Ryan Fisher wrote, probably Let Me Drown. And Ryan also said... I always like to comment that Chris Cornell's cover of Billie Jean is one of the greatest covers of all time. And I completely agree with Ryan. Uh, that's uh, That cover is really the gold standard of what you can do with a cover song other than just sing it. You know, it's like, and, and this kind of became nomenclature in like the, the mid-2000s uh, with the proliferation of American Idol and other, you know, kind of uh, uh, children doing karaoke uh, genre of uh, reality television. Uh, but uh, the, the, um, the phrase that would come up time and time again is make it your own. And uh, this Chris Cornell cover, which incidentally was covered a number of times on American Idol. I, um, I, oh, damn, I forget the guy's name right now, but there was, uh, um, uh, you know, everybody was so blown away by his version of Billie Jean. Oh, my God, that's so brilliant. And then, like, I, I remember this vividly, even though I don't remember the dude's name. Seacrest had to come out like the next day and say oh yeah by the way that was the chris cornell version of uh billy jean uh because i think there was like some early internet outrage um about that because i i think if i remember correctly uh they kind of tried to pass it off as like that that was like this dude's original arrangement or something like that i may be misremembering it uh but anyway that that's what made this version of Billie Jean so special is that, you know, it's it's a Michael Jackson classic that we all know. And then you take it and flip it on its ear and and take something that's like, you know, a, a fizzy pop song and make a haunting ballad out of it. Uh, that's a that's a classic. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie screen. Said, don't mind, well, what do you mean? I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. She says, I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. She said, her name was Billie Jean. Caused a scene, and every head turned with eyes that dream being the one who would dance on the floor. 
Lee Messick mentioned Hunger Strike, um, obviously uh, the Temple of the Dog classic. Uh, both uh, Hunger Strike and Wooden Jesus were written by Chris Cornell for Soundgarden well before Andrew Wood's passing, but according to the singer, they didn't exactly sound right for a Soundgarden album. Uh, Hunger Strike came about because of an existential crisis that Soundgarden faced at that moment, Cornell told Rolling Stone uh, the year before Soundgarden's reunion tour. Um, it's a statement that I'm staying true to what I'm doing regardless of what comes of it, but I will never change what I'm doing for the purposes of success or money. Uh, that song is a duet between Cornell and Eddie Vedder, um, who at the time was a new voice in the scene who had traveled to Seattle to audition for Mookie Blaylock, uh, uh, the band that would soon become known as Pearl Jam. Um, after Pearl Jam also reached international acclaim, the song was re-promoted and became a massive rock hit in 1992. Uh, but Exy out on Twitter, um, at uh, Lazy Freeze Pop, prefers the version with Chester Bennington of Linkin Park, which now obviously uh, carries a whole new emotional wallop as uh, both singers are uh, no longer with us and and, uh, died from suicide.
Um, so the folks from Charleston, South Carolina, grunge metal band Mary Tree wrote phonetically the chorus of one of my favorite Soundgarden songs. Immediate as the other super unknown singles fell on Black Day, still packed a moody punch. On the bluesy, slow burning rocker, Cornell confronted his history with depression. It's a feeling that everyone gets, he told Melody Maker in 1994. You're happy with your life, everything's going well, things are exciting, when all of a sudden you realize you're unhappy to the extreme, to the point of being really, really scared. Uh, There's no particular event you can pin the feeling down to. It's just that you realize one day that everything in your life is fucked. And as we all know, um, depression is very real and can be a significant challenge to deal with. Um, Longtime fan Paul Rennie mentioned Loud Love, uh, that by Soundgarden. Finally, my hero, Charlie Harger, posted, quote, Big Dumb Sex was the first Soundgarden song I ever heard. He also called into KGRG for the 25th anniversary five years ago, uh, referring, of course, to uh, Chris Cornell, and I got to do a live interview with him. Don't you 
Charlie also says, quote, I surprised my old co-host and BFF by putting him on the air. Good times. And thanks to everyone who wrote in. And if you'd like to have your opinion heard during a future podcast, hit me up at Mike Seibert Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, or leave a voicemail at 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453. And to round out that uh, that Rolling Stones uh, 15 essential Chris Cornell songs that we haven't covered yet, uh, Soundgarden's uh, Flower, uh, 1989, the opening track to Soundgarden's 1990 debut LP, Ultra Mega OK, uh, Outshined from 1991, uh, bringing things back to uh, Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle. Uh, that was one of the tribute songs that they played to close out crackle fest eight a couple years ago uh soundgarden's rusty cage from 1992 famously covered by johnny cash uh chris cornell's seasons from 1992 a solo jam there uh soundgarden uh with spoon man in 1994 featuring of course artist the spoon man a uh, uh famous street performer here uh, uh straight out of seattle uh soundgarden the day i tried to live from 1994 um and black hole sun um, also from 1994, arguably Soundgarden's most iconic hit. And I think that's why nobody mentioned it because it's, you know, it, it's so huge, you know, because I, I think when I say Soundgarden, you probably think Black Hole Sun, um, which, you know, I mean, I I love that album. I love that song. But man, I burnt a hole in that CD in the summer of 1994. So it, it's one of those things where I've heard it so often. It's it's almost kind of like, you know, like ACDC's Back in Black. You know, it's like I've heard it so many times forward and backwards. It kind of uh, transcends, you know, it's kind of like uh, the people that, that say that Citizen Kane shouldn't be number one on like the AFI uh, number one film of all time because it's kind of a given. I digress. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Soundgarden, uh, Pretty Noose from 1996, uh, the lead single from Soundgarden's 1996 Down on the Upside underrated record i might add um uh we get into the audio slave era with uh coaches from 2002 uh, the supergroup audio slave announced themselves with this furious track the perfect marriage of rage against the machines driving alt metal stomp and cornell's piercing whale um also audio slave like a stone from 2003 uh the second audio slave single turned out to be the highest charting song of Chris Cornell's career. The singer shows off his famous range with incredible passion and grit. It's also my favorite Audio Slave song, and I can't listen to it without getting the throat clenches. There's there's something that I can't something indescribable um, about the Audio Slave era for me because I love both of those records, but there's the the combination of uh, Chris Cornell's voice and Tom Morello's guitars. It's just like it. It, um, uh, it, it, again, it gives that intangible, like, you know, hits me where I live and like speaks to me in a way that, um, uh, again, at, at a time where I'm doing a podcast where I'm trying to describe my feelings about an artist, I, I really honestly can't describe how listening to Audio Slave makes me feel. It's just like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a feeling that I don't get from a lot of music. Um, I, I guess to put it in a word, I would say haunting 
in that like you know it just it, it it's a feeling I get in my gut and you know and again with like the throat clenches and stuff it just it it really does uh, raise the hair on my arms and uh, yeah like a stone is is definitely uh, my favorite it's just it's just aching in uh, in that um, but the song I wanted to close out with. Um, is a cover. It's uh, Nothing Compares to You, uh, covered by Chris Cornell uh, back in 2016. Um, and again, this is uh, from the Rolling Stone write-up. Uh, the final Cornell track to chart before his death serves not only as a gorgeous tribute to Prince, um, who also had uh, passed away um, uh, in 2016, um, but it's also a warm, unexpected epitaph to the singer himself. Cornell's virtuosic pipes bend past the melody on the intimate, raspy recording. Quote, Prince's music is the soundtrack to the soulful and beautiful universe he created, and we have all been privileged to be part of that amazing world, wrote Cornell upon the song's release. Nothing Compares to You has a timeless relevance for me and practically everyone I know. Sadly, now his own lyrics in this song could not be more relevant than at this moment, and I sing them now in reverence as I pay tribute to this unequaled artist who has given all of our lives so much inspiration and made the world so much more interesting. It's been seven hours and sixteen days Since you took your love away I go out every night and sleep all day Since you took your love Reminds me 